Yes, guys, what's good? You're tuned into Mango Masala, Pi Radio South Asian show. My name's Gaines. I'm here with Halima. What's up, guys? And Eid Mubarak. Eid Mubarak, everyone. Yeah, by the time this goes yeah, out, it'll be Eid. We're speaking from the future. Yeah, we're speaking from the future. By the time this goes out, it will be Eid. Eid I think it's going to be on Friday, Friday the 21st. Do you and your family like take like obviously gambling goes against all Islam in general, but do you you take bets on like when you're gonna see the moon? Do you know what it is? I'm not gonna lie, like if you've been a Muslim for long enough time, you become a bit hip to the game. And it's almost always after the 29th fast. So like Ramadan could be either 29 fasts or 30 fasts. And it's almost always after the 29th one. That's why we're saying it's it's most likely going to be on Friday. But it is really awkward in terms of like taking time off work. Yeah. Um, because like, how do you tell your non-Muslim manager? Like, I might need Friday, but then again, I might not need Friday. Yeah, there's a really funny sketch. I think it's um, Mr. Isla. I don't know if you've seen it. The Australian one. He's not Australian. He's, he's, he's from London, but it's funny. The boss is, is a boss Australian. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. Like that, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. yeah. And he's literally like, well i can't tell you like it's gonna depend on the moon like yeah i can imagine it sounds a bit odd to people who are muslim you know because we're on spotify we're, we're allowed to swear aren't we no yeah, because bra- i'm bra- so yourself, no i'm not guys. gonna because it's ramadan i'm not gonna because it's actually ramadan and i've actually been trying to not swear but i've just realized so guys obviously um this week we're not going to be airing live on radio we are just putting this episode straight onto spotify and i've realized like for those of so for people who don't listen to our show on on air they listen to it on spotify you'll notice that we don't swear well yeah we don't swear or there's um, the <clears throat> The sensor beep yeah the sensor yeah <laughs> because because you know on air we are monitored and we're not allowed to swear but i've just realized if this goes straight onto spotify because you know what like i i have like i think in the beginning i was very like i used to make mistakes and stuff like that but i think i've become like i've become quite used to it so now when i am on air i'm very careful of like saying not swearing mm. uh context i have genuinely the worst potty mouth that that most people will ever hear really that was sarcasm it's awful it's actually really really bad it's like the first time i ever speak to someone that's the first thing they'll notice about me is my potty mouth so this is actually and it's something interesting to talk about though the whole obviously like you're saying as it's ramadan you're trying not to um swear, swear. but in general when we're not talking about say swearing in the sense of just adding emphasis onto words or right like i actually don't feel like it's It's a bad bad. right so this has been this is a great i'm glad you brought this up because this has been like my like kind of moral conundrum for most of my life right because i don't think swearing is bad like i swear so much as in like five times in a sentence i'll swear and i personally don't think it's bad and and there's one particular person in my life who I have this debate with. They grew up in an an environment, in a household where like, they just would not swear. Like they wouldn't even say the word shit, you know, like it would be like sugar. Like that's, that's as far as it would go. And obviously like with me, cause I swear so much for them, it was like such a culture shock and they have like this kind of very moral, like grudge against swearing. They think Mm. it's like bad. And like, obviously it's very societal as well. Like in society, we think we, there's this idea that swearing is bad, but for me, I see it as just language, you know? And yes, of course, like 
it is social context and and la- that applies like a meaning to language you know meaning is socially um applied to language I, I do completely agree with that and that is the way that we have kind of swear words which are you know prof- like it's profanity isn't it yeah. but <clears throat> but to some degree like because language is like normatively and socially constructed it means that like it can actually change depending on context like the meaning and the significance of the impact can change based on context so like if i'm now cussing you out yeah and i'm here squaring this that and the other obviously in that situation like i've i've used that language i've like i've deployed that language in a negative derogatory way whereas if i'm just being like oh this fucking mic like it's an inanimate object it can't take offense there's no one who here who identifies as a mic that would take offense and i feel like in some ways like you said it depends on the context and the way in which you're saying it which arguably means that if someone was not to swear but said something in an angry tone Mm -hmm. what is the difference between the words that they're using to speak in an angry tone and the swear words right exactly because because meaning is given through significance and impact right and if the impact is like you're making someone feel a certain type of way or you're you're being derogatory or rude or angry in a certain type of way yeah you're right what is the difference um but that is genuinely i'm glad you brought it because this this is like you know one of the hills that you die on this is a hill that i've been dying on for the past like decade to the point where now if i get told off for swearing i'll be like i'm it's an adjective like i'm using it as an adjective is there actually anything in the quran about yeah so obviously in the quran it does say oh i don't know if it's quran or hadith but it does say like islam does say that we shouldn't use profanity but again, it's one of those things where it's like words change with like social mm. context. Do you know what I mean? Like there are certain words and, and it's just so subjective because there are certain words that maybe a hundred years ago were like absolutely awful that we use now and it doesn't really, it doesn't have the same impact or like based on countries, you know, like here, the C word, it's not yeah. as bad, but like in America, it's literally like the worst thing that you could say. Yeah, I think that is something where i'm kind of like that actually does refer to something in a vulgar manner so i'm like i can understand why you wouldn't yeah yeah, but i mean it's an example of how how it changes on context you know what i mean so again it's not as it's not as stringent as just like oh my god all profanity let's just not use it i do think interpretation and changing social historical context has an impact on that but so do you think with your kids you're gonna not necessarily be as angry with them if they swear or anything or do you feel i feel i personally i mean after a certain after a certain age i personally feel like the way to do it is like saying like look a lot of people are going to get really angry at you if you use these words because there's no point i think it would be irresponsible to send them out into the world with this vocabulary and then expect them to just deal with the consequences because inevitably if a six-year-old's going around swearing they're gonna end up in trouble yeah yeah so yeah Yeah. i think i think i think maybe after a certain point not not at a young age because it is still like like it is still it is like we're talking about levels here Joey. we're talking about nuance but kind of generally on the whole it is like a negative word or like like a bad word i mean like it is more time used to denote an angry sentiment or a negative sentiment so maybe maybe after a certain point i actually never thought about it like that interesting side topic yeah, a bit of a tangent there. Yeah. I'm glad I got to vindicate myself. 
Right, let's get into this week's Agni Auntie. I'm South Asian and my partner is from outside my community. I want to marry him, but I'm worried about how my family and community will take it. What should I do? Um, Halima, would you like to kick off on this one? <clears throat> oh, Out of what? interest, actually, um, both of you two, you seem... You're certainly not girls. Uh, is anyone in the picture for you two? No? Oh my god. No? I've got an uncle already that's yeah, in my head about that. I don't need you about four episodes ago. I do not ago. need you eating my head as well. And this uncle is he. Oh my god. Bianca. Oh, no okay, so basically this part this person's partner is non-South Asian from outside of the community. Um this is really the age old dilemma, isn't it, for our community for South Asians, this this star cross lovers. It is the age old problem for South Asians in, in it, like um not being able to I think the word is endogamy or something like that, endogamous. So there's an actual word for it for people for demographics that don't allow marriages outside of their community i i understand i don't have any false pretentiousness about why south asians choose to keep marriages within our own community especially as ethnic minorities there's often a lot of anxieties that are very valid and legitimate about kind of losing our um ethnic cultures our native cultures especially as i said being ethnic minorities in the west um but sometimes those practices that are that start in like good faith end up being very oppressive and there have been so many instances where people really suffer because they can't marry the person that they want um my advice would be like if you really know in yourself and you're definitely sure in yourself that like this person is the person for you um then first and foremost like you have to have so much resilience because you are trying to undo like generations of kind of a a generational cultural exercise and uh, entire community consensus um i would start um having conversations i think first and foremost with your parents about like I'm guessing it's like interracial because they said not outside of, from outside of their community. One would assume. One would assume. So I would start like just by having conversations with your family. Um, my advice would be to like be stern and be firm in your stance of like wanting to marry this person, but also um, be kind of patient and a little bit compassionate towards your parents as well because oftentimes like it comes from a place of fear of the unknown there's a lot of anxiety surrounding it so that would be my advice i have a question um in your response you seem to have mentioned a lot in regards to if some if it's an interracial relationship what about if it was interfaith that's what i was gonna say like is is that what they mean when they say outside the community Mm. I i mean obviously interracial that I, that there almost should be maybe less of a barrier because I was going to say if someone is of the same faith as you, like for example, as a Muslim, um, Islamically, like our only obligation, like our only criteria to to marry is that the person has to be a Muslim. If it's of the same faith, <clears throat> it should be more straightforward. Like definitely in Islam, as I said, the only only obligation onto us as Muslims is to marry another Muslim. So that's definitely another angle you could play like with your parents. Um, potentially think about introducing an imam into the conversations as well um just to kind of appeal to them through a religious framework 
And then if it's into faith, I think that complicates things a lot. But if, again, if that's what you have decided that you want to do, then I, I would appro- I would have the same approach. Like, honestly, just you have to be super patient, super resilient, and just keep having conversations with your family and try to show them, like, why it's the right thing for you. One thing I will say about South Asian parents is that they are often a lot more lenient than we think when push comes to shove because ultimately if it's a choice between like completely losing their child forever or having to like rethink some of their ideals eventually they will fall in line it might in extreme cases it is sometimes quite common where okay the 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 parents and the child's kind of like they go their own ways for a couple of years and then it's usually when they have a child yeah. <laughs> like the married couple have a child that they then like get back in touch again but so basically your advice is if they um disown you have a kid and it'll probably make things all right no basically <laughs> i'm just saying it won't be easy but if you like that person enough and you feel like that's something you want to tackle then like halima said like you're teaching your parents how to unlearn generations of what they've been taught and it's so not going to be easy if they're strict on it but even if they just grit their teeth and bear it they still want you to be happy they want you in their life that's best case scenario yeah i feel like if you're in that position you're okay and you've Mm. done the thing of like you've broken that kind of curse of like not being allowed to like date outside of your faith or culture and then you know you won't do the same for your kids obviously but if it is if it does like push comes to shove and you do get the situation where like they're like they'd you rather choose, yeah, yeah then you just have to do what's best for you because it's your life at the end of the day also like i do think in situations like i hear it too often where south asians won't go for the person who they're dating because they don't want to disappoint their parents they don't want to get disowned or whatever and i think it will this is where like you really need to exercise a lot of bravery and a lot of courage in yourself because if in the end you go for like what is the easy thing or like you end up giving into your parents because you don't want to upset them or because you don't want to kick up a fuss you're essentially reinforcing those bad practices you know like you essentially enable them um and I think, like, f- for me, if I was in that situation... Like, you're not a bad person for doing that. I you're get not. where you come from in terms of, like, either being scared or scared of consequence. Or yeah, you just 100%. the issue. Yeah, like, 100%. It takes a lot yeah. of bravery. It will turn your entire world yeah. upside down. I, I completely sure. get it. It will change your relationships, you know? But I don't know. For me, I just feel like if I was in that situation, I would think, like, if... How can I agree to something and settle for something that I fundamentally, principally disagree with? And what I fundamentally disagree yeah. with is that, is the idea that we're only allowed to marry a certain type of person because we're from a certain group of people. Yeah, you know? agreed. And also, speaking from personal experience, my like immediate family wouldn't care. If I was in that situation where I was dating someone who like maybe I wasn't supposed to, I know for a fact my immediate family wouldn't care. But I know I'd be in the headspace of like, oh, what's X, Y, and Z going to say? What are these people going to say? Is it going to look bad reflected on my immediate family? And to that, I would just say they can all get fucked because... Why are you living for people that you don't even like really see that often care about, interact with? It's all that like goes back to like Loki Ke Hunger thing. Like it is. It's always yeah. what will people say 100, yeah. 100. And if it's like not people that you're involved with every day, not people that you like love closely or like you interact with all the time, who cares? If it's some random auntie eh. that's gonna sit there with opinions, nah, sorry, auntie, but Yeah, but I would say there is a way to approach specifically yeah. that where 
I think often for us, it's easier for us because we're not in everyday contact with kind of the older generation in our community. It's a bit easier for us to be like, oh, I don't really care. They don't really mean anything to me. But the reality is that it's still a community and a people that our parents have to answer to. Like even if often I find that parents themselves might be okay with something, but they're not, they become not okay with it when they start thinking about, okay, how are we going to answer the community when they come asking about it basically? And I think to, in that situation, I think it's very important to validate your parents' concern and to like tell them like, Hey, listen, I completely understand. And I, and I sympathize and I get why this is such a concern for you. And you know, I get that you will have to answer these people. But ultimately, another thing that I find is that when parents back their children, it actually doesn't leave any room for anyone else to say anything. Like if a parent just comes forward and they're like, do you know what? Yep, my my child is marrying this person and, you know, we're really happy. He's a great person and, you know, he's a perfect fit for my daughter and our our family and whatever. People are hardly going to chat shit to your parents' face. Like... They might talk small, small. And another thing as well, gossip is just, the gossip cycle is is done so quick. Like, people yeah. will chat shit for a while. And especially if your parents are backing you lot. Yeah, it can't touch you then. Like, yeah, you and it'll be over quick. Unit and then it gets over and done with, you move on, it's yeah. sorted. I would just say, approach the situation with understanding, with compassion, and with sensitivity and patience. Because... You're teaching them to unlearn something that's been drilled into their yeah, heads. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So it's very much like, if you come at it from a gentle angle, you can hope like they'll treat you gently back and as their child. Yeah, because situations, like, situations like this, and it happens all so often, like have such a potential to cause a rupture in the family. Like literally look at the yeah. plot of Kabi because she could be gum. Like more time, they just end up leaving. The parents will just disown them because people everyone thinks it's just there's no there's no chance the parents won't learn i give up you know yeah but in that circumstance the old person had to die in order for them to come back together so it was a catalyst for sure we're not listening to bollywood films yeah it was a catalyst for sure but i mean that it's it's the point i'm making is that look that's what usually happens is like that it causes a rift in the family it causes a rupture and, and it splits the family in two um, and it doesn't have to be like that. You can have it your way. You just need to exercise a lot of patience, but also be very firm with your boundaries. You know, like be, stand by your relationship and your partner, and mm. let people know, like, hey, listen, this is the right thing for me. You know, and good luck. Be strong. <laughs> we are back. Hey guys, that's the energy we need. Saturday, twenty second of April. And that St. George's Day spirit for oh tomorrow. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know what I was thinking? Yeah, I was going through my Snapchat like archives. You know when it says like, on this day mm. one year ago. I went back as like, I went back as far as five years ago. And on it was like a few days ago. And it's like on this day, one year ago, it was sunny. On this year, in this on this day, two years ago, it was sunny. On this day, three years ago, it was sunny. Four years ago, five years ago, it was sunny. I wonder where this conversation is going. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a Mango Masala episode if I'm not complaining about something. You know what I've noticed, though? <clears throat> it is a bit warmer. Like, I step outside and I don't feel cold. As it's cold. warmer, but it's yeah. not at this. I don't know why. Like, at this stage, I'm. I'm ex- Carlos, three years ago, you know that lockdown April, yeah? Mm. Oh, my God. I was sunbathing every day. Yeah. No. 
I was like, I was doing exams at that point, like, and in the May, and I remember I did them like in um, Mianka's loft, and it, it was, was literally, yeah, it was so hot. That's like, yeah, like yeah. Uh, th- that. This was when this time three years ago. We, that's mad. We were and on we lockdown. were stuck inside. We were stuck, no, but I was in the garden every single day, mm. sunbathing, as in like mask. As in, I was my skin was changing color. That's how hot it was. And and, and right now, we've, the best we've got is oh, at least it's not bolted. You know what? I'm not complaining. Like, I'll take what I can get. Oh God! Please just warm warm it up sooner. Right. Well, seeing as we've gone down this tangent, it seems like the perfect time for. You know what? That was one of your better ones. Was it? Thank you. It's because I wasn't trying too hard. Maybe that's the key. It's the key. Right. So this week's bad vibes island, Rishi Sunak. Uh, Prime Minister Hashtag representation Our beloved Prime Minister Has come out Saying that he Basically Wants everyone To Study maths Until, until they're 18, 18 yeah. And he's saying The reason why He wants them to do this Is so that it can help Aid the UK economy Oh <laughs> Which that's the bit Where I was just Kind of like Because I saw it, it. <laughs> When I read it When I read it I read it very quickly Like I just scrolled through yeah. it And I thought Okay I don't hate it. As a policy, I don't hate it. I could see real value in it, mm. it to some degree, right? Yeah, it's not It's it, It's not that it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. It's not that it doesn't make sense. I, okay, but to hear why, that's a bit mad. Yeah. But also, the thing that kind of like annoys me is that it's not necessarily the idea that, that, that kids will have to study maths till 18. It's more so the way that that maths is taught, right? Like GCSE, up, up until now, obviously, what's been obligatory is like GCSE maths, right? Yeah. And it is, it's what you call that like recipe maths. Do you know what I mean? It's things that are not very easy to apply to real life. We kind of taught like how to this is the thing with like GCSEs and, and to be honest probably like the education system at large is yeah. that we're taught how to satisfy a mark, mark scheme, scheme yeah. you know we're taught how to satisfy like grade requirements not really to like learn and empower yeah. and have knowledge you know because maths obviously we can't understate how significant and how important and vital and essential it is but it's vital in ways that help you do your kind of your daily life and those are the applications that we're not taught i'll tell you one thing like if they've got budget and resource and like command to, to make something like maths you know obligatory till 18 years old why are they teaching us like taxes i know it's one yeah, thing yeah, that everyone always yeah, says but it's, but it's so valid like <clears throat> you know i'm tw- i'm turning 27 this year and it wasn't until like it wasn't even, it wasn't, I was going to say it wasn't until I got my first job. No, it wasn't even until I thought I was getting deeped by the tax man that I went and kind of figured out, okay, what is a tax code? Am I yeah. on the right, ta- right like tax code? At the very, like, the point at which it actually starts to affect you. Yeah, like, the point okay, at which I'm like, thinking, like, these are robbing money from me. Mm. That's the point where I was like, hang on a minute, what is a tax code? What tax code am I on? Is it the right one? How yeah. does tax even work? As in, like, there was one day where I literally called off HMRC and had to explain to them my situation and he had to break down to me, like, how much how much national insurance we pay, how much pay you pay, like, yeah. all of these things. And I was like, it's, it's insane because every single person, unless you're preparing to have a population who are just on benefits, in which case they don't have to think about tax, 
the whole point of school is, is is to like prepare people for the workforce right even something like maths you're saying you want to do because you want to help the economy taxes is like the most integral part of that I don't, I'm sorry, unless you've gone and, and taught yourself and it's not even like it's an easy thing to learn because it's like you just have to gather bits and pieces of information and try to like piece it together and figure it out that way. But it's not, it's actually not taught in any capacity. Pensions are not taught in any capacity. Like once again, it's only when I had to, then got my own job and I was putting into my own pension that, that I was like, hang on a minute, what's going on here then? You know? <clears throat> no you, it's completely right and like again speaking as someone that I didn't do maths A level I did it AS which makes me feel old because I don't think that even exists anymore do correct you know? me if I'm wrong I, I don't even oh know my God. I but I basically I did it for one year of sixth form and I can say from that one year I don't think it was any different in the sense that I don't think it was necessarily applying too much to real life compared to GCSE it was definitely a lot harder I thought Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like it was like oh okay now we're actually doing maths that I can actually apply to my life but that's the thing like and it's not even obviously taxes like the big one but it's also like bank accounts savings accounts like I credit cards you know mortgages all of these things like that you cannot escape as an adult guys I'm gonna I'm confession time I'm 26 I don't have a credit card I'm, I'm meant to feel bad because I'm not do, do you not? No. Carlos, you know that's not good, apparently. You're supposed to be building your credit up. I mean, it's probably all right for you because you've got, got got this flat yeah. and like you, I don't know if you're planning to buy a property yet. But when some you are, you will. I'm sure you will at some point. And when you are, that's when you're going to have to start thinking about like your credit. But you need a credit card to build up. I mean, I think there's other ways. See, that's what I mean. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know because we weren't taught it. But I'm pretty sure that there are other ways of building up your credit. But the number one way is obviously having a credit card. I'm 26 and I don't have a credit card, partly because I feel very intimidated by the idea of being in debt. Even though that's not even yeah. like you don't have credit card doesn't even mean debt. Do you know what I mean? But we're not taught we're not taught these things of like how to build up your credit. Um buying a mortgage. Don't know like I don't get it. Don't get it. Savings yeah. accounts, don't get it. Like, Do you know what I mean? I kind of like will read about it in the news and through that it's sort of like in order to understand news stories, I'll have to go and research in order to actually understand what's going on. For example, I didn't even understand the whole idea of interest on mortgages changing and there being like a limit until obviously all this whole cost of living crisis Mm -hmm. stuff happened. And then I was like, oh, wait, so what? You can get a mortgage for a certain percentage and then after a certain amount of time, it can drastically shoot up. Like, how does that make any sense? It's like that. I was like. That that's that's life. Like. Yeah, it's they we've, they've actually got us living in like la la land. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they'll get us to do um, Pythagoras theorem. Not to say it's not important. Obviously, it is. But it's like how many of us are going to grow up to be like astronomers? You know, but every mm. single one of us most likely will go on to have a credit card, a bank account, and a mortgage. You know. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so in in that regard, like I just feel like if they're going to kind of change curriculums a little bit, that's something yeah. that really desperately needs. And and it's to the be- and it's to the benefit of the government and the, and the economy. Like, think about how many people, you know, like, have bad credit, all right, or, like, f- defaulting on loans, or how many people, like, are having to seek out, like, government resource and advice for, for whatever, for pensions and taxes and all of these things yeah. because they're so oblivious and they're not taught. You know, yeah. like you would actually drastically reduce 
the amount of resources you have to put in place. Yeah. If you just taught them when you've got them all in the classroom and you've got their all attention. Even other skills as well. Like I know this might be like something that's like maybe more obvious to someone who comes from a um, ethnically diverse background, but stuff like simple cooking skills, like how to cook rice, for example. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they do do things. food tech, but it's not obligatory, and it's also like home science. Do you know what I mean? Home science. I do think that's that's like yeah. In back home, they call it like in Bangladesh and South Asia, they call it home science. Um, but that's a good. That's that's definitely a, a, an important one yeah. as well. No, but you, you before when you were saying about the mark scheme, that's exactly what it is, and especially having been privately educated when I reflect back on it now it was literally that when Mm -hmm. I think about what I was learning it was purely it was an exam factory it was like how can I like answer this question correctly in order to get the amount the right amount of marks it's like keywords yeah not like learning like not like oh so what area of this particularly interests you okay let's go down that route or yeah. like what what part of this is gonna benefit you later on in life like it's true like it's to the point where like we're literally learning how to answer questions with like keywords because that's what will get us the tick like that's that's mm. how we learn things you know like we don't learn things like okay how might this be applicable in real life or like what kind of career might might this particular interest in this particular subject lead me into you know so yeah. <clears throat> definitely definitely like if they've got resources and they've got like the, you know the, the, what they're doing is change the curriculum that is what i think needs to be a focus yeah yeah no it's kind of like it's not the worst thing that rishi sunak has done in it's our not, opinion like, i get it i i like, do understand i don't think it's a bad thing but i think it's the way if they're going to do it they need to change the way that they teach that maths not just yeah. how to satisfy mark scheme um apply it to taxes apply it to mortgages apply, apply it to you know the idea of credit you know also i'm kind of like realistically the people that make the most difference in terms of the economy are they really going to be impacted by this decision to make everyone learn maths well because i don't realistic- think so because we're a consumer-led market aren't we yeah it's like, a free market no so. but also like the people like also you know 2008 wasn't it like all the richest people that caused that oh caused a crash yeah, yeah are like kind of like they influenced the economy to go up and down so realistically is teaching everyone how to do maths actually going to have that much benefit on the economy as yeah when the bankers are still doing whatever they yeah. want like, yeah <clears throat> i hear it feels so silent without the music <laughs> it does doesn't it yeah you're flat we're recording in carlos's flat your flat is very quiet though in general i like it do you yeah it's like almost eerily quiet it's because it's haunted it is haunted so for those of you who aren't where carlos lives in uh, I'm not going to say exactly where. But, <laughs> Drop uh, the pin. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you the postcode. No, I was gonna. I was gonna make reference to it for people who are in Manchester, but then I, I also don't want anyone turning up here. But um, he lives it's in a converted hospital. Let's hospital. just leave it there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it is. It it was like notoriously haunted. It was basically. It wasn't notoriously. Basically, it was used for one really bad b-grade horror movie in the 70s and then also it was on britain's most haunted but literally me and my friends one halloween watched the episode and literally they were like oh they can hear the dogs at night and i was just like 
what dogs are in a hospital and also if you can hear dogs at night in the middle of manchester i don't think that's necessarily like a scary thing like haunted it just looked very scary and it's just got like an eerie vibe it's like this kind of big imposing old like gothic style architectural building so it looks a little bit i mean it's a great place love it um but it's very quiet that's I like why it feels it. a little bit weird. Yeah, it's especially very considering how close we are to the roads and everything. I, yeah, I mean, that's actually yeah. yeah. You're right because it's right off a of dual carriageway. Yeah. No, it's perfect. It's a perfect. And motorway. It is a perfect like residential area. To be fair, anyways. <laughs> Estate agent. <laughs> okay. Right. Next topic. Let's go into something a bit more positive. Coachella. Uh, no, it's not positive. I've got something to say. Oh no. Okay. So obviously we spoke about. Uh, a couple of months ago when the lineup was announced we spoke about how excited we are by south asian representation i was particularly excited by a particular a particular artist jay mm-hmm. paul now i need i need i need a couple of minutes um <clears throat> if you think you love jay paul no you don't if you think you love jay paul more than me no you don't if you think you love jay paul before me no you never i have loved him every single day since his first few tracks come out Okay, since BTSTU came out, since Jasmine came out, and then when his when his mixtape got leaked, I've loved him since then. Two thousand thirteen. That's a decade. I've loved him for a decade. So he is very dear to me. He's very special to me. He means a lot to me. He's very significant. He's very impactful. He's a big part of my life. I love him dearly. As in, like, I actually love him. I have. He's there's a space in my heart, and Jay Paul is there. Okay, so now that we've established that um for any for people who don't know he's like notoriously mysterious he's very enigmatic he he dropped the well he didn't drop it it got leaked and most people know that he leaked it himself right and then he disappeared and then in 2018 2019 he released two more songs um and he's just like like his fans we have been feeding off of one mixtape and a couple of singles um for for a decade and then he was announced to be on the Coachella lineup very weird very crazy very nutty. isn't it like his first live performance ever, or something ever, get, ever, ever like it's not it's not just like it's his first live performance ever it's like it's the first time he has actually resurfaced usually what he does is just drop his music and that's it no promo no no media campaign nothing like just drops a song and just goes as in like his mixtape, which is the, the the kind of majority of his work that's out right now was leaked on spotify even it wasn't even like an official release um and and no one ever knows where he is or what he's doing we're just kind of he's, he's kind of like you know the prodigal son just kind of waiting for him to return anyways got called on the coachella lineup very exciting um also we got someone someone tweeted that they'd clocked him come out of studio so obviously i'm there thinking like okay i'm adding two and two together i'm thinking he must be releasing new music unfortunately obviously for me because i live in um Hill Green, Stockport. I can't go to Coachella. Um, didn't make it. Just a bit outside of the... Yeah, my catchment area. Yeah, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> Enjoy the online performances. Today, I clicked on his story. And because I love him, I'm like, subscribe notifications on. Four minutes in. He posted a story four minutes ago. He's performing. He's performing. He's got a show, two shows in New York, two shows in London. My heart is, is doing pitter-patter, pitter-patter. I'm thinking... Oh, no. I'm thinking, I've been a fan of his for a decade. I can't wait. I'm finally going to get to like live my dream. I love him to the point where I have dreams of him, by the way. I have dreams of his music. Um, I'm away. On the dates that he's playing, I'm away. 
And the thing is, is that I would actually have cancelled that holiday, but it's part of a three-week trip where everything is paid for. My all my activities, my accommodation, my flights. I'm taking seven flights, they're all paid for. The car hire is paid for. As in like if I choose not to go, I'll be losing out on like a lot of money. Well, maybe you shouldn't be jet setting so much. But I th- but I don't know. I'm trying to see a silver lining in it. I think it might be because he's releasing more music. So maybe he'll do another tour. Maybe. Because it's only New York and London. Also, realistically, I know you're saying that you are J. Paul's biggest... Yes, I am. Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Carlos. Uh, <laughs> Halima is J. Paul's biggest fan. Let it be known. Let it be known. At Amaka. Anyway. No. <laughs> She's not. I've loved him before her. But I think there are other people who maybe are on... Not the not as high as you, obviously. There are other fans, are, are yeah. Other fans. What's your point? Uh, there are a lot of people who are going to be in a similar situation. So even if you had been free, I imagine it probably would be quite hard to get tickets. No, it wouldn't have. I would have got them because I was I had his notifications on and I was on that link in four minutes. Okay. In four minutes time. I'll tell you what, you've just added a maca. She doesn't even know that he's playing yet. Do you know why? Because I'm so kind. I saw it four, I saw it was four minutes in. I said, I've got chances of getting a ticket before I saw the date. And because I'm so kind, I sent it to her. I sent it to her and I said, quickly. And she hasn't responded yet, which means she's not seen it yet, which means she, she hasn't seen the story yet, which means she hasn't even got her tickets, which means she's probably not going to get tickets because they're probably sold out by now. Fake fan. Anyways, moving back to the positive side Coachella of Coachella. <laughs> yeah, go on. Like, a lot of people are very happy, and I can understand why. Particularly, yeah, Dildred Dawson, his, yeah. his, his performance was very, very amazing. Did you see Diplo in the crowd? <clears throat> you know, yeah, let me say something about Diplo. <laughs> why does he love off desi like culture yeah. and music? He like, used to date MIA. Did he? I don't. I know. I, he, so. I know. He's. I know. He's always like in the comment of like you know like bad desi like uh, uh, influencer babes. He's always in their comments like 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 just being a bit of a creep. Like I don't know. He's giving yeah. fetishization. But is he the one the DJ that came out recently and said that he does stuff with men but with his eyes closed? I don't know. I don't pay that much <laughs> attention to him weird bizarre but he honestly he's just is giving very much fetishizer like he's just very in inner he's just a bit of a beg to south asian culture i think lima like literally this is the second time we're trying to this is meant to be a positive topic no i've always Why? thought that about him i've always 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 thought i've always right. thought it's a bit of a thing that people say that about him like he's a creep like he's actually a creep but apart from diplo and it's not even about Diplo, he's white. It's not even about him. Moving on. I think it's just cool to see from the videos how many people actually are enjoying Dilji DeSantis. Yes. Sets people that probably have never listened to Punjabi music before in their life. Yeah, I love like, that he was like dressed in traditional Punjabi gear as well. Yeah. Also, besides them, and obviously Jerry Paul, he had... Ali Seti was there and he yeah. performed Pasori with Raja Kumari, which is oh, cool. nice. And also Joy Crooks was okay. there. So, yeah, making moves. And on the way home, um, 
I was listening to Asian Network yeah. and apparently Bobby Friction said that he has been speaking to people that have very instrumental roles in Glastonbury and they've been looking at Coachella and being like, oh, okay, maybe we need to... Maybe Diversify. We, or like maybe we should, we're should we missing out. Like why are we not playing like any... Or putting any... International. It, yeah, because like Bobby was saying as well, like it ultimately it will have been a gamble for Coachella yeah. because they are a Western festival a yeah. um they know like their audience is going to be majority i imagine majority white people mm. um who probably haven't or don't listen to bhangra music don't listen to punjabi music south asian music whatever mm. so for well, them, it's a way to get those audiences yeah, there do you know what but, I mean? but like, for them to put him on a main stage mm. is like it it could have backfired but it hasn't and i think other festivals will be looking at that and being like okay like Maybe we need to start doing that. Because Coachella is basically the it festival, isn't it? Realistically. Yeah, it it's a shame that it takes them doing it in order to inspire everyone others. else to do it, yeah. But Especially somewhere like like Glastonbury, which is, you know, a British festival where there is a huge population of like South Asian yeah. people, where there's a a heavy, heavy, heavy like history of British, Asian, Punjabi yeah. music here do you know what i mean like the history and the culture of like british asian music in this country is just insane it's it's so impressive and like it's global yeah. you know i would actually say that we're probably like the heart you know the diasporic heartland of like um like diasporic asian i would say yeah. we're the heartland of diasporic asian which South asian music it makes sense when you think about history that it ends up like yeah this way no but if we just think about all the artists that like if you think about like diasporic asian music the vast majority of of the the popular the more influential artists are from the uk yeah but this is my thing glastonbury i would never have gone i would never yeah. have gone because I, I don't know festival just probably just isn't for me but if they yeah, if they no. now get like bare asian artists i, I don't know I'm, i might listen i might roll deep you know i don't think it's your type of thing <laughs> yeah no it's not i, I wouldn't get, count i wouldn't count yeah i think it's a bit too unclean yeah no i yeah. definitely would not count but I mean, like, I might go for for the performances. Do you know what I mean? Are you allowed to go to Glastonbury for a day? I don't know. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. yeah. Even though, like, is it? I'm not someone who's that regular. I'm not a regular festival goer. I don't particularly enjoy live music in general because I'm weird like that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> Positive. Why are you laughing at me? You just went weird like that, and I just realised we're like that, and in a lot of other ways. Oh, well, wow. well, well. Wow. Look who it is. And that has just <laughs> responded. She said, what? I've entered the ballot. The ballot. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. It's a ballot. You're welcome, Amaka. Wow. Right, so it's random. Like, it's not even, like, you, you might not even get tickets. Like, yeah. it's totally. Yeah. Right, so it's, at least it's. No, not... but God knows me and God knows what's in my heart. And God would have given them tickets if I could have gone. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. Inshallah, next people who just sit down and record podcasts yeah your life is easy yes so easy what the that's hell? why that's why there's no entry requirements that's why there's no border that's, control yeah that's why literally every single person and their cat has a podcast has a podcast because all you gotta do is actually just sit there and talking to a mic yeah carlos is saying this because obviously we're a radio show and we have a lot of like technical uh things that we need to get in order yeah. before we air and he's the one who does it and he's always stressed yeah and he's realised that, but because this is the first time we're not going live on air with an episode, he's realised that it's much easier. It's weird, like, why do I feel like this is so much easier than, like, even doing a Zoom call? I don't know. 
it's because you don't have to coordinate yeah. multiple mics multiple exactly streams. like the it's wi-fi one stream. It's, yeah. you're actually here you're not a hologram yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's like one stream and that's it i like it it's so much easier <laughs> it is it is oh uh, right speaking of tech and stuff i don't think i think we briefly discussed this before and i don't think you've seen it we have spoken in the past about AI and the dangers it might face. It might have been just me and Simran that were on an episode. Right. But I've seen so many AI things recently where basically you can teach it to speak like a certain person oh and sing like a certain person. And people are actually, I imagine it's a lot on TikTok if you look on there, people are actually putting out like people like famous celebrities singing songs or rapping yes. like, on yeah, all the songs. Yeah, because it's like Drake and Kanye doing the sheets, like Islamic songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that, 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 I'll allow that. That's like, yeah. <laughs> like, but um, it's, it's more just, it's kind of odd. Like, for example, I saw one of like Michael Jackson singing The Weeknd, which oh on God. the one hand is like, Kind, like cool to it's cool because to. obviously they're kind of two artists whose limelight period has existed outside of each other and the weekend i think probably i'm pretty sure he does cite mj as one of his main influences however the fact it's the same as with the whole hologram type of thing it's a bit like scary where, like once people creepy black mirror once people are died i feel like we should maybe just let them let them go yeah, yeah. 100%, like like respect the sanctity of the dead yeah. do you know what i mean like stop <clears throat> stop kind of like exploiting these people yeah. and their death i and, agree with that and for the people that are alive it is just ultimately it's just kind of a bit odd like do you do you feel like there could be a market in the future for purely ai generated music because if someone can tr- like um what's it called teach a computer to sing like ariana grande for example which is what i've heard i saw one that was like ariana grande singing along to ap dylan literally she's singing in punjabi and it sounded like her like if someone if people can do that then like is it gonna make the actual artists and music scene itself like obsolete yeah uh i don't know i feel like it's it's not even to do with like music it's just the wider question of like where is AI taking us and is it gonna <coughs> excuse me like where is AI taking us and is it gonna eventually end up you know this whole thing of like it's gonna uh, all industries will be automated and they'll just take over everyone's job yeah. it's really funny because of so for those of you who don't know my day job is I am a consultant at one of the big four and so there's loads of people on Twitter saying how like where they what they're coming for us first because apparently our, our, our job is just sitting and making uh, powerpoint slides all day long and i'm not gonna lie i can't deny it and i'm not gonna lie i wouldn't be mad if they come come for me first i feel like i slightly agree with it but um <clears throat> yeah it is a wider question of like where is ai taking us and is it going to be a, a kind of because it's not just artists and it's not just singing that they're taking over there's there's kind of every single industry numerous types of jobs that ai could potentially take over but i don't know because i've also seen other people be like there's literally nothing to worry about because the error, the the error, the margin of error is just so yeah large. Like, you know, I don't know if you saw recently um, Shantae J on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah, um, she does this podcast with the Guardian, 
And one person that she got on recently was talking about AI because a lot of kids nowadays are trying to get like AI, like chat GPT, whatever it is, to actually write their essays for them. And she was saying like, that's that. It, it, there's no point in you doing that because AI learns off it learns of sequences of information. Yeah. It learns how to kind of take stuff and regurgitate it. It doesn't, mm. at the end of the day, not it's not real original yeah, thought or intelligence. It's, yeah. It's never going to be as good as a human ultimately. Yeah. Cause so. we have that capacity to grow and, and pioneer. Whereas an AI can only go off what is, what already exists, not create something new. Yeah. You know, so it's like when you ask <laughs> it to do something, it'll go off onto Google, see what all like the main stuff is there. And then kind of just condense that information it won't actually think like uh, like a human yeah so I, I suppose at the moment at least until we get to a stage where we can create actual yeah. brains yeah but yeah that, that would be scary like to mimic like neuro yeah the, the neurotransmitters or whatever in like brain. allow create like be able to create stuff that can feel emotion and stuff do you know what i mean like actually yeah that thing i think it's that thing of as you said of original thought yeah and original like emotion that's the bit where it gets scary so like it is i mean it's still it's still very kind of like feels like black mirror-esque where it's kind of like oh my god this is creepy it does feel creepy but for the minute as i said i think generally there is too large of him because it's still very new and i think at the minute there is still very much too large a, a margin of error for ai to actually replace real humans you know yeah but i don't know i really don't know when if they, if it ever does come a day where it does take over i really hope i'm not alive to see it yeah it's creepy it is very creepy have you seen like um some restaurants like have you ever been to Socorro? oh the robot way yeah have you ever been to Socorro in manchester <laughs> like i've Hill? not been but i know yeah yeah like i i like i've been quite a few times and like i went like before covid and stuff and that was like normal serving and then i think it's like post covid they've started doing these robot, robot things yeah. it's so scary yeah. <laughs> like it just kind of rolls up with your food and i'm just kind of like do i thank you it? Like, do i say thanks <laughs> that is yeah carlos make sure you say thanks because when the robots take over mm, i've seen no, someone tweet, remember. yeah i've seen someone tweet like oh they're always very polite to their their technology because when they tell, take over they'll remember that they were polite to them it is terrifying isn't it it's like that film megan i've not watched it but that's what that is isn't it it's like ai i've just that. seen all the memes from that i've just seen yeah no I, I read the synopsis because i was quite quite intrigued but it's basically this doll this like ai robot doll whatever that gains like sentience i guess um th there's also that show robots with Gemma chan Channel 4. I was just thinking of that Robots film from like the early 2000s. No, know. the show is Channel 4 show called Robots, which is also about a AI like machine that looks humanoid that also then gains sentience. Scary, scary things. Remember Sophia, the robot? The one who was on This Morning. <clears throat> I was a, that was an interesting time. That was a very touch and go moment as well. I was wondering, okay, where is this going to take us? <sighs> yeah, not a fan. If you guys do take over, please leave me. Right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. I mean, if you're listening to this, it means you've actually come onto Spotify. So thank you for doing that. You've no, actually... but remember when our, our, our end of year, yeah. like Spotify records, we were yeah. very surprised like about the amount of people that, 
that listen to us. So yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. See you next week. Kiss, kiss.